You're listening to Theo Live, a live YouTube stream podcast hosted by me, Dean Lentini. Every week, I try to give you biblical theology for normal people. If you're interested in hopping into the conversation, you can catch us live every Monday on my YouTube channel. Link in the show notes. Now let's get into it. All right, I promise at some point we're actually going to talk about deconstruction. Um, thanks, Jeffrey, for letting me know that I am live. Uh, we'll see what the quality is like if it's going right off my phone. I'm imagining that that quality isn't probably the same. But anyways, all right, here we go. This is what happens when you want to do a live show, by the way. Things happen. Technology happens. Children happen. It's just, it's just the way it is. So, deconstruction. <laughs> Deconstruction is once again under fire because there are people on the internet who want it to be on fire. They just, I've, I've talked a little bit in the past about deconstruction and why I believe that certain organizations are really trying to focus their attention on this topic of deconstruction. And I think some of it has to do with power uh, because Deconstruction at its core is really talking about culture, Christian culture, more than the beliefs. But that being said, it's a debatable topic about even that. You know, what even is deconstruction? Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But first, I want to show a couple of different people. And they're actually pretty popular people here on the YouTubes. Um, we're going to be looking at a video. Maybe you've seen it by now. It's been like a week and a half, I think. Um, but it's a video from John Cooper, who is the lead singer of the former tech band, techno band <laughs> Skillet. Uh, I'm old enough to remember that. I'm old enough to remember when Skillet was a techno band. They went through, look up their stuff. It's interesting. Like their first couple albums. They went back and forth about what kind of band they were going to be, <laughs> what, what was going to stick with people. And they were like techno, then pop, and then obviously what people know today, uh, mostly in Christian circles. But, you know, they every once in a while I hear like uh, I hear a skillet song on uh, like Fox Sports and I'm like, wow, that's it's kind of crazy. But, um, you know, they're not going to cuss or anything. So like there's it's pretty safe. But. Uh, let's look at this video from um, John Cooper here. And uh, once again, tech just like not wanting to work today. Let's see. Is that going to work? Yes, it is. Everything. Everything today. All right, let's, let's watch this thing. Listen to me, young people up in here. This is so important. There is no such thing as divorcing Jesus Christ from the Bible. That is not a thing. All right. So basically, he's doing like a mini sermon during his, you know, set. Um, and part of it is also selling his book, you know, like that. And I, I'd, some people would probably throw shade on him for selling his book, but it's it's a concert. Like, they're going to sell their merchandise, their shirts, their CDs. And if I had a book and was doing that, yeah. Yeah, I'd be sharing about my book as well. I don't hate those deacons who have Christian. I pray for their repentance. But listen, they have divorced themselves from God. And okay, 
<laughs> so I have to stop it every every couple seconds because it's not accurate. All right. Um, what we need to understand about deconstruction is that it is not monolithic. And if we could figure that out as like the Christian church, I think we'd be a lot better off and be able to actually help people through this process of deconstruction and also be able to bring those who have gone you know, beyond the idea of just challenging their beliefs, maybe the way they were brought up, things like that. We'll get into that in a minute. But who have gone to this extra far out length that they basically become apostates. They don't believe in Jesus anymore. They don't believe that he's God. All these other things, they might carry some of those uh, Christian ideals of, you know, living out the ethics of the kingdom, being a good person, things like that. They might have those things, but they don't believe in the beliefs anymore. That would be an apostate. That would be someone who has fallen away from the Christian faith altogether. Now, uh, if we can understand that uh, deconstruction is not always that, and it's not always the other end of just challenging the way you were brought up, then I think that we would be able to have actual conversations. But what he does here is he's saying that all deconstructionists, that's, that's the, the phrasing that he's using, okay? Is that deconstructionists are this way, that they're basically rebelling against God, that they, don't, they, want, to, uh, they want Jesus, but they don't want the Bible, is essentially his argument. And it's not accurate. So there it is, the war battle cry. Now, all right, I, I get, you know, I've, I've been someone who wasn't a youth pastor, but like I did youth ministry. Um, and <laughs> I get it. Sometimes you're talking to these kids and you get a little passionate and you go a little further than maybe you would want to. Like you don't nuance things so much because you're seeing kids that are hurting. And so I don't doubt John Cooper's passion in this. I don't doubt like that he has um, good motivations in, in saying this. But when you put blanket statements and say deconstructionists are doing this without any nuance about what that deconstructionist is. And you're just saying, well, it's always going to be the furthest end of that, the extreme you're not really arguing for uh, good, solid teaching. You're actually just making a character and basically a straw man and then beating that straw man to death. Like that That's essentially what he's doing. So he's saying that deconstructionists are always going to be this way. And you know what? They want your kids. They're coming after your kids and they're taking them away. You know, the big bad boogeyman of deconstruction is coming for your children. Now, is there some truth to that? I think yes, but also we need to look at it and say, why would our kids give into that? Why would our kids deconstruct? Like just asking that why question, I think is really something that we need to learn as Christians how to do and to have rational conversations and say, why would that even be a thing? Could it be that our kids are seeing something that we don't? Could it be that the younger generation are looking at the older generation, maybe even past generations, and they're seeing something that doesn't line up 
with how they see the Word of God, and could that actually be true? Well, for him, he's obviously saying, no, that can't be. But the Word of God never changes. That's and true. That's also true. Now, I do not, whenever I hear this, that like, because of my background in fundamentalist circles, you know, when I hear people talking about like the examples that they use for sin, it's always that it's alcoholism, it's drug use and it's sexual immorality. And it's like, there are other sins too, but, uh, that, that easily becomes a, like a fundamentalist trope. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that John Cooper is a fundamentalist. I'm just saying like, when I hear that, those red flags come up into my mind of, Oh, okay. We're just looking at surfacey kind of stuff. Jesus sets the captives free because of the cross. That's true. Last thing to say before we play this next song, I wrote a book. I got to tell you about very quickly. It is called Awake and Alive to Truth. I wrote this book specifically because we have a generation of young people who have not been taught the basic principles of the Word of God. It is not their fault. We did not do our jobs properly. We need. I do appreciate that. I appreciate him saying, hey, you know, our kids, they haven't learned the word of God as they ought to have been taught. And uh, that that's on us. That's that's our generation's problem that we didn't do that. So I do appreciate that. To do our jobs better. So parents, leaders, that sort of thing, this is on sale. We have a bundle, $20 for the book and our new CD. You can pick it up tonight. Last thing I'm going to say about this book, I just want you to understand you're not getting something crazy, all right? This was approved, read and approved, and sold in the Billy Graham Library and on Focus on the Family. This is something that young people can understand, so go check it out. Do, do you have this already? Do you have it? Well, this is yours then. You're my first person singing out there. I love you. All right, that's any, uh, you know, theology nerd's dream. Like a free book? Yes, give it to me. We need a generation of young people not ashamed to say that Jesus Christ is Lord, to say that Jesus Christ is my Savior, that Jesus Christ is my hero! I wonder what song he played next. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that part is a little cringy. I, I, I know that you have to get from point A to point B and you want to give like info in between. That, that part is a little cringy to me of like eh, this sales pitch of the book right into Jesus is my hero. And like we know that he's going to play that song. Um, all right. So what do I want us to really focus on from this? I want us to focus on the lack of nuance. Like I, I know I'm probably always saying that all the time, but we need to nuance things. We need to actually define terms. This is something that's just becoming more and more difficult as Christians. We're just not defining our terms and we're using blanket statements. And that word, the word deconstruction means different things to different people. And basically what he just did is he just got up on stage and with his perspective of deconstructionists are always this, he's saying that now, now, you know, all this audience, like the audience members who are probably young kids, impressionable kids are thinking, oh, okay, this is what, you know, my friend means by their, the, you know, that language of I'm deconstructing, or maybe my parents have deconstructed their faith. And, you know, so they, they're just 
Like it's propaganda in a way of just like, this is my perspective, blanket statements, not being able to define terms. And I get it. You only have a couple minutes to get a message across, but also it's your concert. You can have it go a little bit longer <laughs> if you want to use that kind of language and say, we need to go to war. I mean, that's this really militant language. And, you know, obviously the Bible does say, you know, some pretty militant things. So I'm not saying we can't use that. But when we make blanket statements and we don't nuance things and then we add on the militant language of we need to go to war against that, you know, what are these kids supposed to think? You know, what what are they supposed to think about that person who uh, is going through that deconstruction? Maybe it's their aunt uh, who's deconstructing their faith or has said that and maybe they've had a couple conversations and now they're thinking from this guy, um, this like I'm not trying to belittle him. But he's a rock star, like not someone who has studied theology. Um, you know, it's not like you can't go and have a message. That's not what I'm saying. But they're taking this guy's opinion and saying, oh, OK, well, that must mean that my aunt is trying to lure me away from Jesus. That's not accurate. Maybe. Maybe it is. But most likely it's probably not. Now, that ant isn't trying to lure children away. These deconstructionists, most of them that I've met. Now, again, it means different things to different people. So you can't always just say it. And I know that's kind of frustrating that we want to be able to put a yes or no on something and say, I believe this or I don't believe this. And I want to support, you know, this movement, uh, which we'll talk about also in a moment. Uh, I don't think that it is a movement because movement has leaders and the whole idea of deconstruction is that there are no leaders. <laughs> so it's kind of, kind of chaos in a way. Um, but you know, I understand that, that, uh, desire to either say this thing is good or bad. So we're against it or we're for it. And there's a lot of negative things attached to deconstruction, uh, deconstruction. It just is, you know, it's not, it doesn't always end super well. <laughs> And so I understand why people are alarmed about it, but we need to have actual conversations about deconstruction before we tell our kids, hey, you know, we're waging war on this. And I think everyone gets that he's not talking about physical violence, but he's he is talking about, you know, having this be like our main thing. We're fighting it. I, I think that's pretty clear, this ideology that he wants to fight against it. And uh, that's not necessarily the case for everyone. Not everyone who uses that word means it the way that John Cooper is using it. Um, and, and we'll talk more about that here in a sec. I do want to hop in here into the chat and see what you guys are thinking about this. Let me know. Uh, if you're also here uh, on the rewatch, let me know what you think about this idea of deconstruction. Do you know deconstructionists who are apostates? Do you know deconstructionists who are not apostates? Maybe they've uh, changed some things in their belief structure, maybe even just cultural things. Let me know. Uh, Devin, a uh, new subscriber, uh, he says, hey, glad uh, things are working now. Me too, man. It's, it's a little frustrating when you're trying to get things going. Uh, and he's from Ontario, Canada, and uh, they need Jesus there. Absolutely. Uh, I'd say same over here in Saskatchewan. Uh, those are the major issues for youth, probably the main three. I'm assuming that you're talking about alcoholism, drug use, and sexual immorality. Uh, I would say that those are the most easily identifiable issues for youth. Um, but I would also say that those things go deeper. 
So like, it's not, it's not always those things. Uh, I think sexual immorality is one that's just like a human problem, especially nowadays with the internet. So I would say that's probably one of the main ones, but you know, drug use, alcoholism, uh, as someone who's worked in youth ministry, uh, didn't always, you know, I had to, uh, counsel kids through that. And, you know, we did have some, some of our kids go to, uh, different, um, rehab facilities and things like that and help them through it. Uh, for, I think like two years, I was preaching at a rehab facility near, uh, the town where I was pastoring. So I get it. Like it is a big problem, but just as like that fundamentalist red flag of, like, this is just like the blanket statement that we use for sins and then we overlook other things is usually what happens, at least from my perspective. Uh, but I do get it that, yes, those are major issues. Uh, don't like the sales pitch, though, right? It's it's a little cringy, but uh, like I get it. You want to be able to get your book out there into the hands of these people, especially the passion that he has for it. I understand that he's looking at it and saying, I need to help these kids. So I get that but also just like going from step to step and it, I don't know, Jesus is my hero. And then singing your song about hero, which I don't, I don't know. I'm not the writer of the song. He is, but it doesn't sound like it's about Jesus to me, but I could be wrong. Uh, Grandma Joe, great topic. First Corinthians 1, 18 through 19 speaks about the outcome of deconstruction, not the point of comparing what has been taught to me, but what does God actually say? Faith then becomes our own big picture. Uh, actually, I would say no. Um, from my perspective, like I understand what you're saying that, you know, this apostasy will lead this way. Um, but I would say that there are a lot of people who go through deconstruction and they don't end out there. It's not always the outcome. Uh, there are many, there are many off ramps on this highway, if you will, of deconstruction. And some people, you know, they get off at the the first stop. Some people, they go all the way to the end of the line. Um, but not everyone gets to that outcome. Um, um, but I, I think I understand where you're coming from. Uh, she also says those who deconstruct and ultimately toss out truth of Christ faith, the cross becomes foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who believe it is life. This is the concern. Um, yes, uh, that is true. If someone is, uh, you know, has the Holy spirit, they're going to see the word of God as truth. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think that it's clear that we can look at it and say, you know, this idea of foolishness versus truth, uh, that that is the world looking at it. And Christians uh, who have the Holy Spirit will, yes, come out to the outcome of believing that God's gospel is truth. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't have the Holy Spirit. But uh, also, I am okay with marketing. However, it never sets sits with me well when someone speaks on a point and then sells their book. Well, this is just me. Yeah, I get it. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> like they, like even, even here on YouTube, it's a little weird sometimes to be like, Hey, like the video, think about subscribing to the channel every five minutes. I get it. Uh, thanks man. Um, Grim Joe separate the message from the sale is better for me. Yeah, I agree. Maybe talk about that at the end. Um, Kermit Joe agree, not speaking of all, not speaking of comparing what has been taught, but if the ultimate outcome is walking away, 
is the concern. We should reassess what has been given to us uh, with what is us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I see where you're coming from. So I, I would basically say, you know, for those people who go to the end of the line of that highway of deconstruction, I just came up with that metaphor and I'm very thankful that I did because that's actually, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it because, you know, it is something that is moving in a direction. I will give it that. Um, you know, it, it is like part of that, you know, for me from a fundamentalist background that I grew up in, uh, it was, you know, slippery slopes. Every, everything is a slippery slope. You know, if you watch that movie, that's a slippery slope. If you listen to that preacher, Mark Driscoll, that's a slippery slope. Uh, guess what I did? I (laughs) listened to Mark Driscoll. (laughs) Guess what I did? I watched that movie. Uh, every, when everything is a slippery slope, nothing is nothing like when Christians are looking at everything and saying, Oh, that's a slippery slope. And you're just going to fall after that. That's not helpful, especially for young people who part of their nature is rebelling. It just is. Um, but yeah, it's, if everything is a slippery slope, I don't think then we can really look at anything clearly and say like, God makes things for us to enjoy, Right. He like we we live in this world, and yes, it has fallen, but there are certain things that God has created for us to enjoy, art and the pursuit of art and like lots of other things. This is a bigger topic than really want to want to dive into, but uh, I would say that you know looking at things and being like, all right, where the outcome could go is this means that we have to stay super far away from it. I don't think that's the ideal of a Christian life. Um, you know, because then we get away from what about discernment? Like that's not discernment to look at everything as a slippery slope and say, well, the outcome could go there. So we can't, you know, enjoy it in any kind of moderation. Drinking would be another topic to discuss. And at some point I will, because my thoughts have changed on the matter, um, quite a bit over the years. Uh, but if we're always talking about, well, there's the possibility of being drunk, well then, you know, a Christian needs to stay super far away from it. Well, then what do we do with passages that talks about it being okay? Right? Like, uh, even in Romans, when we're talking about like the strong and the weak and all of that, and I have a, a video on my channel about the weaker brother, this would fall under that kind of a category. Um, you know, what do we do with passages like that? We have to be able to exercise some kind of discernment and have some kind of self-discipline of being self-controlled. That's something that the Word of God tells us over and over about. So if we're always concerned with where the ends could go, and we always say we can't go down that path at all because of where the trajectory could lead, well, then we don't get to exercise any of that. We have no Christian freedom, and we can't exercise discernment or um, any kind of self-control, um, then it becomes an issue of like, are we really relying on the Holy spirit or are we just relying on, you know, labels and saying, okay, well that could go so bad. Well, that's not always where it could go. Right. Like I said, there are many off ramps on that highway. Uh, grandma Joe agreeing. Oh, nope. That was the other one. Uh, were we brought up in our parents' culture's faith, we must at some point go to the Word through the Holy Spirit so that it becomes our personal faith, but many do not have that outcome. Sad for that. Yeah, 
And I think for a lot of people, deconstruction is that. Deconstruction is taking the way that they were brought up. And specifically, I'm thinking of younger people. um, Because if you look at it, those who are deconstructing uh, are in their 20s and 30s, the majority. And so these younger individuals are looking at the way that they were brought up and trying to discern whether that's actually biblical, is this true or not, and leaving the things that are not. Um, so that's that's at least the people that I run into online. I am part of a community on Twitter uh, that has a lot of people who have deconstructed their faith, and the vast majority have held tight onto Jesus, uh, held tight onto the Word of God, I would say, um, but they've given up a lot of these other things that they look at Christian culture and evangelicalism, and they say, I, I don't agree with this. I disagree with that. I don't think this is biblical. I don't think we have to give into that form of teaching of this strict view uh, of this topic, and they continue believing in Jesus. They attend gospel-preaching churches, um, so there is that. Like, uh, now I'm not saying that's everyone. I'm not going to do the blanket statement that I'm criticizing these other individuals for. Um, but that's my perspective. So what do you do about that? Well, that doesn't really fit into the other line of thinking of saying that deconstructionists are always going to end up in this outcome. All right. Um, let's look at this article here. Um, Because not only is, like, John Cooper has a YouTube channel. I haven't watched any of it, so I can't really say whether it's good or not. But there is someone else uh, who I have looked at uh, some of their videos. And uh, got to say, it's pretty good. Uh, And that would be from Alyssa Childers. Now, you probably know her if you're around YouTube very much. She has a very popular YouTube channel, like I said. Um, and she is, I think it's Zoe girl. Is that the name of the band? Let me know in the comments if you know this. Um, but I think it was the band Zoe girl that she was a part of, which if it is like, that's just like blast from the past of posters that were on my sister's wall. Um, (laughs) but yeah, uh, so she was a part of this Christian band and the story goes like, if you've watched the American gospel documentaries, um, they, they kind of go into detail about her story. At least one of them do. Um, one of them does that's proper English. Um, I, I know Greek and Hebrew. I don't need to know English. Um, but, (laughs) Uh, they go into detail in one of those. And so it's something of like, she was in a Christian band, but she started seeing a lot of these glaring issues of Christian culture. And she went to this church and the pastor was like one of these hardcore deconstructionist guys, uh, who is just like saying that the Bible isn't inerrant. Uh, and so we need to look at this with a super critical eye and, Uh, so she started like really having all kinds of doubts about her faith. And then she went to the word of God and was able to find, um, you know, that the word of God is true, that it is accurate and that settled her faith. And, uh, now she's being platformed, um, which I have, I have thoughts about the idea of who we platform (laughs) that I'll save maybe for a video about my like most controversial, (laughs) uh, beliefs, but. Uh, with her, I would say it's a little bit different. Like John Cooper, 
uh, no shade, you know, like he seems like a, a good guy. Uh, I'm sure he's very passionate about his faith. Um, you know, our faith, I'm Christian too. Um, but, um, you know, he's, a, he's a rock star. And I think that Alyssa Childers maybe goes a little bit further than that because she is very thoughtful. Uh, she has done her studying and I think that, uh, maybe she has a little bit stronger of a voice that needs to be listened to, um, then, um, yep. Okay. I almost had a light fall on my head. Oh man. Everything's going off the rails today. Um, we'll see. Hopefully it won't actually fall. I need to, you know, nail that in a little bit harder. Anyways, what I'm saying is that Alyssa Childers has uh, a lot of good thoughts that people should probably consider a little bit more heavily than um, uh, John Cooper and what he's saying about going to war with deconstruction. Uh, but I do want to point out this article, it's on Gospel Coalition, so that's why I say that she is now being platformed. Um, it's one thing to have a YouTube channel. It's another thing to go on to Gospel Coalition, Big Big Eva, if you want to use that language, and uh, talk about deconstruction. Uh, but you can see here, many years ago, my Christian beliefs were challenged intellectually by a progressive Christian pastor that was her pastor. It threw me into deconstruction that took several years to fully come out of. I found out later that he himself had already deconstructed and hoped to propel his congregation into deconstruction so he could convert them to progressive Christianity. He was very good at it. In fact, he was almost successful. A few of us came back and uh, back around to a historically Christian understanding of the gospel, but most did not. Because of this, when deconstruction stories started popping up in my social media newsfeed, along with hashtags like uh, exvangelical and deconstruction, I paid attention. I've been following along, seeking to understand what people mean by those words i witnessed the hashtag turn into a movement uh so she then begins to really just talking about the popularity of this idea of deconstruction um i do find it interesting this is something that is usually said um you know like online there are countless deconstruction therapy and counseling sites which will facilitate your deconstruction and reconstruction uh, and, and reconstruct you with mindfulness or the contemplative practices of progression christian favorites like richard rohr and then she goes on later to talk about a quick uh, quick scroll reveals that the leaders and guides uh, the vast majority are looking to are accounts and people like lisa gungor uh, Audrey Assad, God is Gray, Jesus Unfollower, your favorite heretics, and some other people. Um, this is where I start to go like, I don't, I don't know if she's completely accurate with this. Um, like, again, I think that she's coming from an actual background of deconstruction. Her pastor seems very clearly like he was the, the furthest edge of that idea of what it means to be a deconstructionist. And he was basically trying to get his church on board with him probably cause he still wanted to get paid and have a job. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's maybe a little too honest. Um, but that's probably where he was coming from. Uh, but, uh, he, he was going to lead them astray. That's very clear. She went to the word of God, saw that, you know, where, where he was leading is wrong. That spiritual abuse that he was forcing on the congregation was wrong, uh, and was able to come out of that. So like she has like, She's gone through that. Like, I'm not saying like she's not understanding what deconstruction is. 
but I do think it's interesting that she's like a quick scroll, like of what? Uh, uh, like I'm on Twitter. I don't follow any of these people. <laughs> I've never, I've never heard of most of them. Uh, and you know, I run in circles with a lot of people who have deconstructed, not in that furthest way, like her pastor, but in, like getting off on that first or second off ramp on the highway. Uh, I run in a lot of those circles and I've never seen these people. So I don't know exactly where she's coming from, uh, with this, this idea of these are the leaders, you know, obviously Richard Rohr is someone who, you know, his books are very popular. So I think that it's fairly easy to say that he might be one of those people that people would look to. Um, but you know, I think, I think a lot of these people that she mentions are singers, so I do wonder if maybe that's her background coming around again and saying, like, and it's true that there are a lot of singers who have deconstructed, but I don't know if that's like, because they're in Christian contemporary music or rock music, Christian rock music, whatever, whatever category you want to put on it. I don't know if it's because that's where they're coming from, or if it's just because they have a platform and they deconstruct it at the same rate as everyone else. Uh, but we only know about them because they have a platform, because they were in that band, because they were on the radio, things like that. Um, because I'm pretty sure that if we were to talk about like theologians and pastors, it would probably be the same as well. Um, but I just find it interesting that she just kind of says, like, these are leaders. And I, at least from my perspective, like, I don't know who these people are. And I'm pretty dialed in. And um, then even like give some give some proof for that other than, you know, scrolling through Twitter. Well, it's your Twitter. It's a, it's an algorithm. <laughs> it's based on you. It's the same thing as like pastors who, uh, talk about Instagram. Like there was somebody who was talking about how Instagram is full of like, just, you know, women in bathing suits and, you know, all kinds of temptation. It's like, bro, it's an algorithm. It's based off of you. <laughs> what are you clicking on? <laughs> like, like that's a little, you just, you just admitted to some stuff. Um, like for me, when I go on Instagram, I see a whole bunch of home decor cause I'm really into home decor. <laughs> and part of that has been like for like my backgrounds and YouTube videos, but like, that's what Instagram knows about me. Um, so I wonder if it's something related to that. Um, but I do think that she has some interesting things to say about deconstruction. Um, there's one point that I wanted to look at. Oh, Yes, this this part. All right, so this is the thing that they took out, you know, Gospel Coalition. They love to have like their little, hey, tweet this or say this on Facebook. But it says, rejecting any unbiblical beliefs with the goal of living more authentically as Christians should be a daily reality. But this isn't deconstruction. Um, I do find it interesting that the quote is this, but it's not the whole quote because it says it right there next to it. As Christians, the process of evaluating our beliefs, traditions, and church culture in light of scripture, and then the rest of it. Uh, I find it interesting that they cut off that first part because I think that's the most important. It's it's the beliefs, traditions, and church culture. So like, I do agree that those are the categories that people are deconstructing, um, uh, that they're reevaluating, um, not using Derrida. Like, I don't uh, maybe I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but no one, no one knows about Derrida. No one's talking about Derrida. If you think that deconstruction is what Derrida taught and that's what everyone's talking about on Twitter, that is 
Nope, it's just not true. Um, but what people are reevaluating are these three different categories. And so the beliefs, yes, that's where we're getting into where it could end up in apostasy. The traditions, no. The church culture, no. Like we're not talking about apostasy in those two categories. The beliefs, yes. Um, but I just found it interesting that they took away from that. Um, the last paragraph here, deconstruction has taken on a life of its own, and now is the time to accurately define our words. After all, if the word means everything, then it means nothing, yet it carries the potential to suck unsuspecting Christians into a dangerous vortex of influences from which they might not return. Again, the argument here is it's a slippery slope. So if it's a slippery slope, it's no good. Well, we hopefully we wouldn't be so dogmatic about other things that we can see in our lives and in the Word of God, more importantly, as having good uh, aspects. Um, we shouldn't look at them and say, well, the slippery slope could lead this way, so we can't partake in this at all. That's where we become fundamentalists. That's where we become legalistic. Um, now, I'm not saying that Alyssa Childers is legalistic, but I'm saying that's where it could go. So I understand where she's coming from. She's coming from, this is how I view deconstruction. Uh, this is how my experience has been. But that's not everyone's experience. Now, what she's arguing for is, well, we shouldn't use that word. We should use other words. We should use words like reformation. We should use reconstruction, um, which, you know, you can make that argument. But this is where I always go with people who start saying, well, you can't use that word. It's, it's the same thing as like, I mean, these people are hurting. Deconstructionists usually are hurting. They, they usually start to evaluate things because something has gone horribly wrong in their lives. There's been pain. Now, um, you know, and that makes sense because like when things are going good, there's no need to like reevaluate your life, like your whole belief system. If things are going well, no one's going to like really take a good look in the mirror, right? It's when things are hard, when things are difficult, when life isn't going the way that we want it to, that we start to really reevaluate our existence and our lives and our belief structures. So usually there is hurt that is happening around someone who is deconstructing their faith. Um, now, sometimes people deconstruct their faith because they want to go away. They want to end up that way. Uh, maybe it's because of sexual preferences. Maybe it's because of some sexual uh, uh, sinful thing that they want to get into. You know, sometimes it is that way. They don't want to be involved in the church at all. So they start going this way on purpose to leave the faith. I would say that that's just not deconstruction. That's just full out apostasy. Um, but a lot of the times it's people who are going through these different scenarios, these hurtful times in their lives. So I don't think that it's a very good thing. Now, Alyssa Childers isn't a pastor, um, but she does have a platform. And I don't think it's a very kind thing to be like to someone who is deconstructing to come alongside and say, you can't use that word. It would be like the way I put it is, is like someone who gets into a, like a bicycling accident and they, they break their wrist and they're like, I broke my arm and like their wrist is like, you know, like that. You wouldn't be like, no, that's your wrist, dummy. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that Alyssa Childers is calling anyone stupid. Um, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that. You'd just be like, oh, we need to help that person. Like, oh, that thing is, that thing is busted. 
Like, so uh, arguing about word usage when someone is deconstructing, I don't think it's a very pastoral thing. I don't think it's a very kind thing. Um, you know, a theoretical debate is fine. And I think that's what Alyssa Childers was really doing. Uh, but when people are going through it in deconstruction, I'm just saying for us uh, that I think that it's probably best to just use that word. Use that word and, you know, there's nothing unbiblical about that word itself. You know, it's not, I've heard the argument about pronouns and things like that. It's not the same argument. Um, but I would say that we need to actually like look at this thing and evaluate, you know, what is actually happening and be able to help them in that time of need. Uh, one thing I want to also look at here, where are we at? 41? All right. Uh, let's, let's look at this thing. Um, well, before we do that, let's hop into, you guys have been talking. Um, okay. You guys are talking back and forth. Corey cross movement rapper deconstructed recently. Not sure if you have seen that. Sorry, Corey. I don't know who that is. It's not really my scene. Um, but that's, um, you know, depending on how far it is, if they're like going apostate, like that's sad. Uh, Grandma Joe, Alyssa Childers has solid doctrine and great testimony, a heart for truth, for God's word, a very humble way of speaking her heart. Yep. Uh, I mean, I agree. Like I'm not guys, when I bring up someone, it's not always like they're the worst. <laughs> like I don't like them. Um, I'm just saying like, not everyone's right all the time. Um, but yes, I, I would agree with that grandma Joe, uh, not very familiar with this issue. We all need to focus on Jesus and being more like him. I think I agree. And for a lot of people, that means like reevaluating their background. Uh, let's see here. Richard Contramundum. There seems to be two different things being discussed with the same name deconstruction. Oh, you got a lot. Um, let's see. Uh, one is people moving out of their wimpy church's upbringing that was not biblical faith or salvation anyway. That's good. Uh, the other is people stopping belief in the gospel as a sufficient saving way. People saying they used to be convictional and now are not believers. Uh, two woefully different things. The latter is certainly what Cooper is against, yet people protect this as if it's something other than unbelief. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I agree with you, Richard, uh, that it is two different things. Um, but like, that's why I'm saying nuance, like say that it's two different things. <laughs> like if we're gonna, uh, cause like, here's the thing, we're not in charge of the words that people are using. Like we can say, Oh, I think this would be a better word theoretically for someone. And again, I say, don't do it. If someone's going through that and be like, no, you have to use the word reformation. I don't think that's helpful, but, um, like, I, I think that we need to be able to nuance our terms and understand, all right, what are they meaning by this before we go on a stage and say, all this is wrong because you don't know where those people are coming from they, and you don't know which route they're really taking between these two different ones that you're saying. Uh, and I would say that there's maybe more uh, of the in-between, but I think you'd agree with me on that. Corey, uh, the cross-movement rapper fanatic completely deconstructed, no longer identifies as Christian. Well, I'm, I'm, that sucks. Uh, it's always bad when someone leaves the faith. It's sad. Um, 
you know, there's there's other things probably at play, but that's just disappointing. Unbelief is never sexy. Uh, man, here's here's something I'm, I'm going to say. Like, I don't like that term <laughs> for talking about, like, popular, and I'm not trying to be, like, super critical of you, Richard. Uh, but, like, that, that just reminds me of the um, Matt Chandler video that was going around. And I don't agree with it. I don't think that it's... I don't think that um, it's popular. Like, I think that it's coming to light now because there's a term that people are using together. But, I mean, this is not a new thing. And I think you know that. And I think you'd agree with that. Of Like, this is not, like, a new phenomenon. Now, that's the word that I keep on hearing about, like, oh, it's it's a phenomenon of deconstruction. It's like, no, people have always, like, reexamined their belief structure through the lens of Scripture and I think that that's the best way to go about it, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think that's nothing new. Um, let me see. I don't know if Dean makes this distinction, but he's defender it, which is not good if it's the latter. Uh, don't know what you mean by that, but okay. All right. Let's look at this one last thing here. Um, I think there are two things we need to do. We need to understand. Okay, so uh, this is um, a little clip from the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, uh, which, you know, is something that people do, um, like, not not just because, you know, it's Mark Driscoll and, oh, he's a popular figure, but I do think it's a good example to look at as far as what could happen when, um, like, the church culture stuff gets out of hand. Like, because you could look at the theology at Mars Hill. And I don't think that you would find anything that would be too, um, uh, too different, uh, from, you know, a lot of good sound theological churches. Um, but maybe some practices, of course, but like their beliefs on paper. Um, but when the culture gets out of hand, that this would be like the good example to look at and say, what does that, what kind of effect does that have on people and where do they end up going? And a lot of people who were involved at Mars Hill did end up deconstructing. And that last episode of the rise and fall of Mars Hill really dove deep into that topic. Um, and so this is actually Paul David Tripp talking about that. So it's a, it's a, like a two minute clip. I can't pause it just because of the stuff that I have trying to use this ecam needs to figure out how to be able to pause audio clips. but So we'll just uh, listen to this and I'll comment after. I think there are two things we need to do. We need to understand the experience of deconstructors. This is Paul David Tripp. Paul was on the board from late 2013 until the end of July 2014 and worked during that time to try and bring about reconciliation and restoration inside Mars Hill. We should understand the trauma of these experiences. But I want to say something else. We should all be deconstructing our faith. We better do it. Because our faith becomes a culture, a culture so webbed into the purity of truth, it's hard to separate the two. And we better do some deconstructing, or we're going to find ourselves again and again in these sad places. For me, I've accepted the fact that I'm going to be a sad man for the rest of my life. Because I get calls all the time, the saddest 
things that are happening in the church. And I, you know, I celebrate the Church of Jesus Christ. I celebrate the places where it's a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I love the gospel. I have no other wisdom than that. But I'm sad for the church. And I'm sad we've become so loyal to this culture. We're afraid to deconstruct in places where it's, it's lost its way, it's harmful, it's producing things that allow the world to mock and cause young people to walk away and leaders not to be rescued from themselves and ministries explode. And, and so there is a devastating humility that comes when you're, really, you're willing to deconstruct something you've given your life to. I mean that in the positive sense. Now, I'm not talking about apostasy here, mm. but willing to step back and say, where do we just need to take this apart, abandon our loyalty, stand with courage and say, this is not good enough. All right. So that's Paul David Tripp talking about, you know, specifically what happened there at Mars Hill, um, but also applying that to just Christianity at large and saying, you know, if we're so blinded by our loyalty to a culture, not to the word of God, like obviously our loyalties to the word of God, and we see everything through the lens of scripture, um, that scripture is fully inspired, that it is, you know, what we use for faith and practice, all of that, you know, 1689, go with that on the word of God. Uh, so we're not talking about that. We're talking about the culture. If we're so blinded to like by our loyalty to that Christian culture that we just assume is biblical, then all these kinds of things can happen and it does happen and people get hurt and people, um, get, uh, trampled down and it's not right. It's, uh, really sad. And, and so I really appreciate what Paul David Tripp said there because he's saying, you know, it's not, he's not talking about apostasy and neither am I. Like, I'm not advocating that deconstruction when it's, that's the end goal. If that's your goal, like that's a wrong process. If you already have that in mind that, oh, I'm just probably going to leave the faith. then that's, that's awful. Uh, so we're not talking about that. We're talking about looking at our culture and the culture surrounding even our specific local churches and asking whether this is biblical or not. Is it okay that the pastor is a jerk? Like he's just a really mean guy <laughs> and everyone just listens to him and he gets his way about everything. Is that okay? Or is it okay that that pastor is such a weak individual that he never stands up for truth that he just kind of wiggles out? You know, what, what does that do to that specific local church? What does that do to me? Right? Like that's, those are the kinds of questions that we need to ask. We need to look at the word of God and say, what does it actually say? And apply that to our specific context and say, all right, is this context, this, this culture that I'm a part of, that I'm impacted by, but also that I am, you know, giving, uh, something toward that, that I'm building that culture to, is this biblical or is it not? And if it's not, then I need to leave it behind. Like I need to leave that aspect of it far behind. And that's what a lot of people mean by deconstruction. So it's not helpful to have these things to say, we need to wage war against deconstruction. Well, okay, 
Like, and maybe, maybe that individual has the idea of apostasy in mind, but not everyone in that crowd does. So we need to actually define our terms. That's really what I'm arguing for. I'm arguing that we actually define our terms and stop being so like, you know, pointing our finger at people who use words that we don't like because of our own experiences, because it might not be what they mean. They might have, you know, a point to what they're saying. And so just because you don't like deconstruction, the word deconstruction because of your background or because maybe something you see on Twitter or maybe because maybe you're a philosophy nerd and you know about Derrida and you know how he didn't like binaries and all that kind of stuff. Like maybe we just need to say, what do you mean by that? When you're deconstructing or you're saying like, I'm deconstructing my faith. What do you mean by that? Let's have a conversation. What are some of the problems that you're really facing? Are these problems related to, you know, whether the Bible is true? Well, let's, let's talk about that. Or maybe it's just something as simple as, and it's not simple, but something like there's spiritual abuse in your church. Let's talk about that. Let's see what the Bible actually says about that. That's what we need to do. So that's what I'm arguing for. I'm not waging war against deconstruction. Uh, I do think that there are good things that can happen through deconstruction. Yeah, I said it. I think that there are good things that can happen. I don't think that it always ends up the way that people are saying, you know, these people with platforms are saying gospel coalition is saying, you know, whoever that popular person is that they're saying it always ends up this way. That's not accurate. At least not from my experiences and not from uh, people that I know. So I think it's important for us to have conversations, not put labels on people and say, all right, let me quickly put you in a box. Are you a Christian or are you an apostate? Quickly, in 10 seconds after you start opening your mouth, I'm going to make that, you know, distinction. I don't think that's helpful. I think that we need to have actual conversations. Let me know in the comments whether you agree or not. I'm assuming that there, I'm assuming that there might be some disagreement, but let's talk about it. I'd be open to talking about it. Uh, Corey, the rapper's main reason for it was due to translation issues. How could one know what was actually meant by the texts and manuscripts? Bart Ehrman was someone who he came across is my guess. I don't know who Bart Ehrman is, um, but I think that's a big problem for a lot of kids. Um, I, uh, in my last pastorate, I started a community group for uh, the young people because I'm young. Uh, so I uh, started a community group with the young people and uh, ask them, what are your questions? <laughs> like, what are your actual questions? These are people from a very conservative background and their parents were very conservative and maybe a little too authoritarian. And uh, so I knew that these kids, like I'm talking about like uh, college age kids, uh, young marrieds, like that kind of deal. Um, I, I knew that they had questions, they, they had genuine questions. And one of the biggest ones was about manuscripts and how can we actually trust the Bible? I would say that's a good question to ask. Now you need to find good resources. You know, I don't know who, uh, Corey, you, you bring up this Bart Ehrman guy. I don't know who that is, but I'm assuming that that is someone who would go down the route of saying, well, the Bible isn't true. Find people 
who are Christians and have studied this topic, see what they say first. That's that's what the one piece of advice I would give to someone who is deconstructing and maybe they have that like specific thing of manuscripts. Start with Christians and see what they have to say and then go to the world and see what they have to say. Because everyone's going to claim to be truthful. But let's give the benefit of a doubt to the belief structure that you started in and uh, then work your way from there because I think you'll probably have better footing. Uh, Devin, uh, praying for our country. Yes, things are things are a little rough right now, aren't they? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think I've stepped on enough toes, so I'm going to head off of this thing. But I appreciate everyone who has watched. If you have not hit that like button yet, hit that button before we hit end on the stream here. Uh, if you're new to the channel, think about subscribing. And I have a video coming out uh, later on in the week. I'm hoping I'm working on a video about Pil uh, Pilgrim's Progress. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, but be on the lookout for that. And I hope you have a good rest of your day wherever you're at. And I'll see you in the next video.